For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. My name's Tegan Morrison. I work for Naughty Dog. You're listening to The Geek Show. This is The Geek Show. Thank you for tuning in. He said right there, he was struggling to do the intro. He said, try to think of something funny. <laughs> I was going to sing it. I was going to sing it, but I bailed out. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Were you going to do your best Dolly Parton impression? Yes. I, well, you do, have the mass, you do have the massive amount of cleavage to go with it, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and you are a 60-year-old woman as well, so... With the theme park. I need a lower-cut top. <laughs> <laughs> Please donate one. <laughs> he was trying to do that there, by the way, listeners. It wasn't just us, you know, painting a picture. Yeah. He was physically trying to do that. That's Ryan's favourite chat up line as well. I've got my own theme park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a piece of meat to them. <laughs> Would you like to ride on my teacups? <laughs> Anywho, I'm Rob. Great to be back. Yeah. I'm Rob. That's Rob. That's Ryan. That's Andy. That's Lewis. They're not going. They're not allowed to talk for themselves because they just say stupid crap. We do have to uh, empathise. You were pointing. Uh, you're all being lumped in together. So sorry, Lewis, but. <laughs> It's majority roles here. So news, we have news. Do the news. Anyway, there's going to be a Tetris movie. It's give, been given a budget of $80 million. That's not that much in the grand scheme of hey. blockbusters, but it is for a Tetris movie. But did you see the there was a, a, a short parody trailer about five or so years ago? Yeah. Was that Which, the one that Pixels basically nicked the idea of? Pretty from? much. It might have been, yeah, but it was actually really good. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure what they're going to do with a Tetris movie, but I have the feeling the plot's just going to be going down, down, down but, from the beginning. But it was the idea, though. <laughs> and then it'll all line up and then it'll be fine. With that trailer that was made, it'd be like, ha, it'd be really funny if this was a real thing and now it's going to be a real thing and everyone's it was like really like, life about it. It was really swish uh, production values, but the, the plot of that little shot was from space, there's these giant blocks coming down and they're just crushing everybody. It's, yeah. it's carnage. It's carnage on a. See, this would be hilarious if uh, I, w- I would definitely go and watch this, re- even though it got slated by the critics. I would go and watch this if it was a romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure how. <laughs> so, what's the angle then, Rob? You can't I just don't know. things. I don't know. I just Tetris the romantic comedy. <laughs> just so you're just saying words and thinking it's funny. That's not how funny Tetris. works, Rob. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> That's exactly how funny works. You say words and. 
Most Tetris Australians. blocks falling from the sky and crushing people. Mm-hmm. It's giving uh, me some horrible uh, flashbacks to Danganronpa 2, if oh. anyone knows about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently China are investing a lot of money into this as well. If it was Russia, I'd understand it. But then again, if <laughs> yeah. it was Russia, they wouldn't accept any of the money is theirs. It's going not, not only actors, you know, because... I want Russia to make a Space Invaders movie. It's for the common good. It's all communism. We've seen Pixels, though. This yeah. is this is a sci-fi movie. They've said it's a sci-fi. Is it going to be sci-fi? Sci-fi. Let one in the article. How to explain so, blocks falling from the sky? So is it going to be like Pixels? Independence Day? <laughs> is it going to be like Independence Day too? So you have a lot of eight well, spaceships Will, Will in the Smith's... sky, and each of them has a giant block. And Will underneath. Smith's going to have a fight with one of the L-shaped ones. Yeah. This <laughs> 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 fight. And take it Area Fifty-One, and then give it to the guy from Star Trek. No, 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 they they need the straight one. They desperately need the straight one for Area 51 because it's the only one that they can use to replace the big rail gun they've got there. (laughs) I want it to be really gory now. (laughs) <laughs> 80 million is not that much. 80 million isn't a massive budget though not really it's not a big budget when you consider that like, yeah, your blockbuster your proper A class boss buster is like over 300 400 yeah <laughs> this is going to be a blockbuster but <laughs> thank you for putting out my gag <laughs> I was very subtle with it I thought <laughs> and it was putted out <laughs> brilliant <laughs> But yeah, it's 80 million is not a massive amount of uh, money for a... a There's book, a lot like you a can big... do with 80 million, though. I mean, think of the things that you can't do with 80 million. Well, I don't think it's going to... It's a very short list. It's, I'm going to say it's quite <laughs> easy to make, like, a 3D like, cube, so... Yeah, it's not exactly, yeah, it's not exactly like, I don't know, World of Warcraft movie level of animation. And yeah. unless these cubes are sentient, you don't really need actors. No. And you've already got a soundtrack. <laughs> 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 No, I'm going to stop before I go on. <laughs> that did not sound like the Tetris soundtrack. Have you been popping pills while you are doing uh, Tetris? Because that just doesn't sound like anything I've ever been. <laughs> oh, no. Just, got, uh, just looking at it here. Uh, Mars Attacks cost 80 million. Oh, really? I love yeah. that Tetris, uh, Tetris in the style of Mars Attacks, though. <laughs> also, funny fact. Baby picking a city also cost thirty million. <laughs> That's a weird crossover right there. Legend of Zaro, Brothers Grimm, uh, Evolution, Walking with Dinosaurs, Last Witch Hunter, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> <laughs> what about yeah. Battleship? They made one that, didn't they? Yeah, this is, I'm just looking at the things at eighty million just to sort of give it what they can afford for that money. Uh, Mighty Joe Young, eighty million. <laughs> Bewitched. The new Manchurian candidate, Lost in Space, 80 million. Oh, God. So, it's, see the sort of thing I'm getting at there? Space Jam costs 80 million. <gasps> oh, well. <laughs> Book of Eli, Cold Mountain. Yeah, there's lots of films that cost that. But, yeah. So, Shutter Island costs 80 million. Oh. So, you're not going to get, like, hmm. a blockbuster. Again, there it is. I'm pointing out my own puns. <laughs> a movie. But you're going to get, like, a sort of high-end, a low-end sort of, mid-range sort hmm. of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Bit of a weird choice, though getting to the heart of it for a movie. Fury I can't imagine million. someone who's really into Tetris just like, oh, I'm so excited to see this. And it also says in the article, we really have no idea what this movie will be about. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, oh, oh, I, I, I think there was in a theory about how it's going to be like a, a film set on another planet and all the, all the aliens are Tetris pieces and they all live together in harmony. I think that was a rumor. Oh, is there like a race war or something? So I have a ram. Ha- yeah, all of like- them gang up on the straights. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, the, it's, it's the, the squares that you got to be careful of. <laughs> yeah, they ruin everything. But yeah. I don't See, that, think- was a, that was a two-layer joke. I, I, I know. I, that's shapes- why I didn't say anything. <laughs> the shapes will all have to try and fit in. Come on. That was a good one. You can't even trying there. <laughs> 
No, they're, they're, they're all shapes, aren't they? I've just realised for now. <laughs> no, no, they're they're all shapes. They all worship the great god Mister Maker. Do you not remember that stupid little song in the Mister Maker TV show? I am a shape. Jack and Jill cost seventy nine million. What? So this is the. <laughs> is that the one with Elton John? Uh no. El- uh, what? <laughs> oh no! I'm the Lion of, King. I'm cost thinking of Nobio and Julie. Lion King cost seventy nine million and three hundred thousand for some reason. <laughs> Sorry, I was confused by Jack and Jill costing seventy nine million. Then more confused by Elton John being in it. So, uh, that was Al Pacino. Uh, there's some very subtle differences, but yeah, don't know anymore. Anyway, Why you know how much of a classic made? that was. So. Yeah, yeah Avatar's a, bu- a budget of four hundred twenty five million. Blimey, blimey, Charlie. Unrelated, I just wanted yeah, to say four hundred twenty five million to make naked blue people. Production, va- it's a production budget. Yeah. Anyway, let's leave that to one side and move on to a different movie. Yes, DC. Are planning to make an all-female superhero heroine movie and a Harley Quinn solo movie. Yep. I have no opinion on that. <laughs> it's basically because uh, DC now are going down this route in the comics as well. They're going down this route where Harley, they are literally worshipping at the altar of Harley. Harley is their savior. It's Harley not, is their Deadpool. Yeah. Harley is their basically what DC have done. They've basically taken 1990s She-Hulk who was like the slut of the Marvel Universe. (laughs) And they basically turned Harley Quinn into the slut of the DC Universe. And then they basically have her breaking the fourth wall, a la Deadpool style. And now they're trying to mould her into this Deadpool-type character who is going to be bigger than Deadpool because it's, ha- it's basically Deadpool with boobs. Yeah, yeah it's the same as like with like Suicide Squad. It's not Suicide Squad anymore. It's Harley Quinn. And, and the Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad, I know. Well, the Joker's in it and he shouldn't be. No, I mean, not Harley, not the movie. No, the no. comic is now called Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, really? Yeah. God. You see what I mean about the great, the great this goddess Fonz, Harley. This is Fonz jumping a shark in Happy Days yeah. all over again. Exactly. Mm. So, <laughs> obviously, Harley is going to save DC's movie franchises from, you know, ignominy. Well, to be honest, I haven't seen Suicide Squad yet, so... I should think so, no, nobody has. I know, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to make an opinion on this until I've seen it, but, but the so old far, female, it's not looking... The old-female movie that they're trying to make... Well, who are they wanting to get? Well, do you know what it is, right... I think it's because DC have been... They've gone so far the other direction with the comics now. It's kind of ridiculous. They have... And in terms of the movie game, they're really late to it now. Well, it's not the uh, not not counting the movie game, just the comics on their own. They have a comic called Bombshells, right? And in Bombshells, they have all of the, all of the female characters that everybody knows and loves from DC. And everything is great and everything is sweetness and light. And it's around World War II era. So all the artwork's kind of World War II-ish. Like pen And the costumes and, uh, and stuff like that. But Propaganda. Yeah. But here's the thing. They've gone so far in the other direction because they were accused of being far too... Uh, they were accused of being misogynistic. Yeah, I heard about that. Right? So they went far too far in the other direction. So they basically reduced all men Isn't misog- in the world to either bad guys or babies. Isn't I literally, it, yeah. no, literally, in, in, oh, there's no, a battle the, going on uh, and Wonder Woman has on. Steve Bloody Trevor and he's having a panic attack so she has to sing him a goddamn lullaby in the middle it? of a battle. If I want to do like he's a baby. Like he's a baby. game. Uh, isn't misogyny, misogyny go both ways though? Yes, and that's what DC are doing now. They're sex, basically though. emasculating no, it's, it's, no, misogyny men. Misogyny goes both ways. 
Yeah. Sex sexism goes both ways. They're, they're, they're basically in bombshells. They've emasculated the male characters, and so all you women can save the universe. And I'm afraid that that's what the angle they're going to be going with with this all female movie because um, I don't understand why. Misandristic, I believe the term is. Misanthropic. Ah, no, misanthropic. Like no, no, it's not. No, it's not misanthropic. It's uh, misandry is like yeah. against men. Mm. Yeah. I do think misandristic. That's it. Yeah. You shouldn't have that as a marketing ploy, really, of how yeah. it's an all-female cast. It should just be an all-female cast, and they've just done it as that. Yeah, but the thing is, look, they're all women. Ghostbusters, <laughs> Ghostbusters 20, 21 Jump Street coming up. Everyone's doing Maybe it. Maybe twenty-four, won it? Yeah. No, it's a <laughs> reboot. No, but uh, everyone's well, doing well, it, thinking just... that it's that it's what. Equality means, but that's not equality. Yeah. I can't wait for like in like a decade's time, like individuality power, people yeah. power. But anyway, sexist in either uh, way anymore. What superheroes are they looking to get for this all female cast? They don't know yet. They haven't announced it. But if I had to it's guess, off the, the main ones off the top of my head, I'd say Wonder Woman, yeah. Batgirl, or Oracle, whichever one. Because um, there's different Batgirls, and yeah, Oracle yeah. is obviously Barbara Gordon after she got shot by the Joker. Yeah, possibly Hawkgirl. Yeah. Black Condor. Oh, Black Canary, sorry. Not Black Condor. Uh, Black Canary's an option. Um, who else? Supergirl is also Katana. an option. Hey? Katana? No, I don't think Katana. Um, but obviously they'll crowbar Harley Quinn in there somewhere. Maybe even Poison Ivy. Um, Power Girl? Is that the one with the boob window? Yeah, Power Girl. That's She's basically a uh, clone type or alternate reality version of Supergirl. Okay. Yeah, that's not going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Huntress is a possibility though and Catwoman and if they do do this I am but curious Catwoman is sexist yeah but Catwoman if, in there well, if they do do this right if they do a Margot Robbie solo, if they do a Harley Quinn solo movie are they going to have Poison Ivy in there because Ivy and Harley are an item and it's well established in the comics that they're an item and everybody is happy about the fact that they're an item in fact I, Ivy and Harley being an item actually makes more sense than Joker and Harley. Well, like, putting something like that in as well will add to the whole sort of we're forward-thinking sort of thing, so maybe. It's a possibility. Anyway, right, moving on. We can speculate on that more after the show. Burger King. Yes. Burger King has opened a spa in one of its restaurants, yeah. allowing customers to munch a whopper while sitting in the steam room. That's dumb. <laughs> no, no, no. That just sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to say here. <laughs> keep, keep the... If we're going to be playing, you know, innuendo, bingo, I think you've just munched the whopper of that. You've got all four corners. people their promotive props on. I'm not giving anybody there, I'm trying to no, think of the rest it. of the baking menu and what would be appropriate. <laughs> it also, while the idea of chilling out while tucking into a meal sounds like a great idea, chomping on a big burger while... Chomping <laughs> <laughs> on a big burger while sweating from every orifice. <laughs> It's probably not as appealing. <laughs> I thought we couldn't go any further with that, but it looks like we have. But you can, you can burn it where off. now? <laughs> you can burn the calories off. While you're eating the thing. Anyway, this is this is actually a serious story. This is something that actually took off in uh, Helsinki. Yeah, of course it did. Uh, of, uh, is it Men- Menheim Inti? Am I saying it right? What? Uh, Just go ahead. Using the facility at the Menheim Minty branch of Burger King in Helsinki. Are you saying Menheim Minty or Manheim Minty? <laughs> Isn't this like, a, wouldn't this be more like a sauna first and then like a restaurant second? Because how long does it take you to eat a burger compared to like, mm. you know, properly use a sauna? Yeah, but you can Maybe order it while you're in the sauna. The and then realise they were hungry. Yeah. 
You do it when you're like you do it when you're in the sauna. Yeah. It's two hundred pound to hire for three hours. You get access to a four K TV, a tablet. I don't to order your food on a four K TV in yes. a sauna and a tablet. I don't know how that works because I thought it's water vapor. Yeah. If you've got an iPad. If you've got a waterproof tablet, then okay, fine. But a 4K TV, last and time I looked... PlayStation 4. Well, I'd imagine they're at least smart enough to make that work somehow. And PlayStation 4. Don't know what they do, but... Yeah, but a, 4K, a waterproof 4K TV doesn't exist. And if it's a PlayStation 4, you're going to need the controller. And the controller isn't waterproof. Yeah, that's a problem. I think it'd be pretty funny, like, someone getting, like, really into their game, and they're just like, ah, and then, like, they just burn themselves from getting too hype. Play, play, or someone accidentally it. bites on their whopper. <laughs> Put through this Brits may want to steer clear, as the Finns tend to steam naked. Not the view you want when chewing on your french fries. <laughs> well, like, the TV, like, kind of looks like it's behind a window or sort. Moving on to the final news story. All of our news stories have had innuendo so far, haven't they? This one doesn't, so. This one doesn't. Over in Japan, the Midori Shoujo Tsubaki Cafe has opened, and it has an interesting menu. The cafe uh holy in the uh, daikan daikanya macho area of shibuya it's getting the menu makeover from may the 24th to the 31st and it's there being done to mark the debut of the live action erotic grotesque film based on uh, suehiro maruo's shoujo tsubaki horror manga so the store is going to have items like midori chan cake canabon's centerpiece panna cotta which is basically an eyeball, That's and nice. Michisute's maggot float, and other character-themed drinks. The eyeball, I could probably stomach that, but the maggot float, I really don't like the look of that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look very nice, does it? I mean, it looks kind of realistic, and if those are real maggots, then I'm out. I don't think there will be real maggots, but... Mm. From the uh, first photo, it just looks like a hand yeah. coming out of a drink. That's what I thought it was as well. I thought it was some kind of weird hand type thing rising out of the drink. <laughs> you go Maybe you go, you go to it and it just clamps on your <laughs> nose. The eyeball one, though, is somebody making that at MasterChef and serving it to the critics. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the eyeball, though, it looks, because it's like quite large and it looks a bit cartoony, that's probably all right, but the maggot thing looks a bit slight. Yeah, the, the maggot yeah. thing. Serving that to the critics at MasterChef, I'd, I'd pay a good money to see their reaction. <laughs> Halloween special? No, not even on a Halloween special. Screw the ha- Halloween special, just serve it to them. I want to see yeah. what they say. I don't know, I think they should start mixing up a bit. Or maybe on the Great British menu, you know, because so, they're always looking for theatre and stuff like that. They always say, yeah, we want more theatre, we want more of this, we want more of that. And then somebody serves them maggoty drink. <laughs> Each to their own. Anyway, that was the news. We're going to take a break there. We'll be back in a moment with some reviews. I'm Susan Arndt, and you're listening to The Geek Show, because you have excellent taste. Hi, you enjoying the show? Great. Also, do you like watching big men tussle? If so, tune in to Too Sweet Wrestling. It's a knockout. Welcome back to the show podcast thingy, majig hour. Yeah, got it right. Intro. Now we're on reviews. So I did them all last week, so somebody else can do them all this week. I don't okay. <laughs> Whether you've seen them, I'll play them or not. Just somebody do them all. One person. Go on, you, go. Okay. Right, I'm going to start off with uh, Megatag Mention, Blanc, and Neptune versus Zombies, which is part of the Hyperdimension Neptunia franchise and is kind of a sequel, but not a sequel, uh, follow-up, but not a follow-up to Hyperdimension Neptunia U Action Unleashed, because it's basically an action RPG type thing. The story for this is all of the CPU characters, the goddesses type things, they are 
not goddesses in this because they're all students at Game Academy, which is going to close in a very Love Live school idol project type scenario. So (laughs) what they have to do, they they all have to come up with different projects to basically try and raise money to keep the school open. (laughs) So we have to save the school. So Blanc, uh, Blanc, a white has the great idea of making a horror movie, in particular a zombie movie. But she thinks that it would be great if they actually went out and filmed each scene with real zombies instead of fake ones. But each scene or each stage takes place in an actual zombie-type scenario. But the zombies aren't humanoid zombies. They're all like little bear slime-type things and all sorts of weird, fun, you know, very cartoony character-type zombies they're not the scary zombies that you expect and it's all going well you have actually a very large selection of characters and when you're in the field and when you're fighting you basically have one character if because there's two modes to this game you've got single player story mode and then you've got multiplayer mode which can be local or ad hoc online and with the single player game you can have two characters one of you one of them is your support character and different support characters have different effects they give you different bonuses right when you're going around you fight with your character you can switch to your support character they can take over if you die your support character as long as they're still alive they can run around and basically fight for you for a couple of minutes and then you can revive and you can come back but if both of you die it's game over in multiplayer that's slightly different because you've got three other characters already running around and as long as one of them survives you can revive and come back in. So you can basically respawn in the multiplayer games. But uh, that's basically the only real difference between the multiplayer game and the single-player story mode is just that whole respawning bit. You can switch over to your uh, ultimate mode and float around, but you have lower defense, so you got to do more attacks in order to kill them quicker, and you got to evade better. You've got different costumes, you've got different objects and items and various things like that. They've got rid of... in uh, One of the things that was in Hyperdimension Neptunia U that they haven't included in this game is the exploding clothes. I'll call them that, right? Now, Tamsoft are the company be responsible for Rob saying 50 Hail Marys, and they didn't include that in here. What they did instead... they the give characters you th- complained about in the last game. <laughs> yeah. What they did... They basically took the costumes or the result, the final version of the costume after the exploding clause, and gave give you that instead. So you can have costume before, costume after, not costume during all of the you know pieces ripping off. And so you can have like Nep Nep running around in like uh, you know striped panties and whatever. So the fan service is still there. It's you still know strong in this to one. The fan base for this review. <laughs> yeah, I know because the apparently that's what the fan base want. Personally, I don't see the point in it. You know, the normal school uniform was fine. The characters were fine as they are. You don't really need to go down the fan service route. I, the story mode is basically it's very very shallow. It's an it's a nonsense. It's fluff. That's all it is. It's there to hide an action RPG. The thing is, all the NEP stories are like that. I think the most important this question about this game this is one, it funny. See. The reason why I say the story is shallow is that it's shallow compared to the other Nep games, which means it's really shallow. Even Neptunia U. It's got a lot more depth than Neptunia U, I'll give it that. And weirdly enough, the action elements of it have a lot more depth than Neptunia U. There's a bit more strategy involved because the bosses are slightly harder in this. Yeah, it looks similar gameplay-wise. It it is very, very similar, but it's kind of an evolution. It's kind of an evolution of the Neptunia U gameplay. So it makes it more interesting. The... Character models are 
the well there's not much you can say about them it's basically uh, the neptunia characters with different clothes on the environments are pretty decent given that it's a vita game um and a nep game <laughs> well yeah actually and an ep game I've so got... i like the series but you gotta you gotta make fun of that sometimes <laughs> the thing is i i kind of agree with you it looks good for a nep game because nep games notoriously the dungeons are quite uh i think they're just been getting better with time yeah but i think on the whole megatag mentioned is one of those ones that's definitely for the fans of the franchise it's a solid action rpg game but there's no real depth to it and there's no real side quests it's very 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 linear you go from a to b to c to d within a couple of hours you're halfway through the story because the story board basically doing everything in this probably talking eight nine hours that's it that's pretty short yeah and the multiplayer can flesh things out a little bit more but it's a very very short linear game i think by the sounds and looks of it it could be fun if you can by some miracle find someone else who's willing to play it well, Not to say it's a bad game, but it's I, that I, sort of game. The thing is, I think that uh, Tamsoft, I think what happened with this game was when Tamsoft were making it, I think they were making, if I remember correctly, they were making Senran Kagura and Valkyrie Drive around the same time. Uh, so they had like one or two other titles in development at around the same time. And I think this one was the one that got shafted, mm. which is why it's so short and so linear. They might have wanted to put more effort into it, but the other two titles, they, more, they may have basically placed more importance on them than this one. Because this one's part of a popular franchise already, so people are going to buy it if they're Neptunia fans, as it is. Most important question, is it funny? It can be, but it's it's nowhere near as funny as some of the other Neptunia games. It's got that kind That's of... It's like selling point, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, anyway. Did you ever play Producing Perfection? Did you find that funny? It wasn't as funny as the other ones. It's kind of like that. It does have some funny moments, but, you know, and it just, it's just lacking in a lot of areas. It's, a sol- it's solid when it comes to the action RPG part, but that's the only part where it actually does raise its game quite a lot. All right, then. So moving from a game that probably no one can really relate to to another thing that no one could probably relate to, Danganronpa, the animation, the manga. Sorry, what? Uh, yeah, it's, it's what I said. Danganronpa, the animation, the manga. Or Danganronpa, a school of hope with students of despair, the animation, the manga. That's a. That's one... <laughs> well, the manga's not part of the title, but it's a manga of yeah. that. That's a hell of a title, though. Yeah, well, it's easier to shorten it to Danganronpa, the animation, I guess, but... What's interesting is like there is a Danganronpa manga already, but this like I didn't I didn't even realize it until I read through it. But this is Danganronpa the animation, the manga, because I was thinking this is different to the manga that I've seen before. Yeah. But hey, I was gonna just leave it at that. He, he encouraged me to continue. But anyways, um, Danganronpa, you know, it's about it's a story. Kids locked in high school. Like main character Makoto Nagi goes to, to high school for the most talented of all people and he just gets there by luck so he's the ultimate lucky student and he goes in passes out wakes up every all the walls are boarded up no one's there meets 15 students they don't know what's going on and they meet the antagonist Monokuma which is an evil robotic sort of half cute half evil looking teddy bear and he says well if you want to get out you'll live here for the rest of your life but if you want to get out you could kill someone and you know get away with it and that's basically how the game works in the main series and they made an anime adaptation of that which wasn't that great and cut out a lot of stuff and i guess this manga is based off of it i'd say sort of going from that like it's somehow it's a condensed version of the game yeah but it's 
it portrays it better than the anime does, in my opinion. It's been a long time since I've seen the anime. Yeah. So maybe it's pretty similar, but because it's a manga, you, you kind of expect that. And I feel like they put a lot of like attention into focusing on the important bits of the story, such as like what relationships the characters have. And, and it's pretty true to the game in terms of its art style, like camera angles, all of that sort of thing. Um, this is like the first volume. So in the main game, there's like six chapters and each chapter, someone inevitably gets murdered, even though they say, oh, we're not going to kill anyone. And then a class trial happens where you have to find the clues and, and then like figure out who did it as a team. And this gets to shortly after, like to a point after the first class trial. So the first murder happens and a few people die and it gets to the point where like the second corpse is discovered. Compared to the game, again, it sort of, it rushes through things quite quickly. I think this is the kind of thing that you're only really going to want to read if you've played through the game. I mean, I think it might actually be enjoyable to someone who is unfamiliar with the series. But yeah. if you are looking to get into the series, it's recommended that you start with the games because this is like very sort of condensed. But it gets the tone across very well. Um, the characters are still interesting, even though some of them don't really get to show much themselves before they die because of how short it is. But, you know, Danganronpa, good characters. You know, like a fairly good plot, if not a bit slow-paced. Nice art. Yeah, I would recommend it to a Danganronpa fan. But I'd say, you know, it's quite good. Right. So, back to me then. It's like tennis, this. And I'm I'm going to go straight down to science fiction. In fact, 1980s science fiction. So, out from Eureka Classics is uh, Enemy Mine. Now, a lot of people probably don't know this film. And you'd be right. It's weird because this is one of those really odd sci-fi movies that... I know about because I'm a sci-fi nerd, and just about every other sci-fi nerd out there goes, oh, but I didn't like it. I go, why? It was a perfectly solid science fiction movie. It had two good actors in, Dennis Quaid, Louis Gossett Jr., two names that are synonymous with the 1980s. It was directed by Wolfgang Peterson. That's a familiar name. Is that Das Boot? Also, Never Ending Story. Odd filmography that guy has. Yeah, and uh, Outbreak, Air Force One, The Perfect Storm, Troy, Poseidon, quite a few. Wolfgang Peterson directed this, and the art direction in this is really, really good. Special effects are 1980s, I have to warn you. That's not necessarily a bad thing, though. I mean, you go into a 1980s horror or sci-fi, and it has a certain uh, characterful, rustic... Not rustic, rustic that's, to that, That's horror. This is no, science fiction. I think fiction. it's the same with sci-fi. No, it's not. I mean, look at um, Total Recall, the effects in Total Recall and the rubbish, but there's no, a character it's not. to that. No, it's not. So it's not the same. Oh, so it's worse than that. Well, this is like a 2000, like, when when's, when's this movie come out? 1985. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's kind of what you'd expect, I suppose, from its time. The reason why I'm but. saying it's not the same is because what you're referencing are practical effects, right? Ah, yes, I am. Yes, exactly. And what, what are you in reference to? CG. Oh, that's just uh, really early then. Yeah. Really uh, early yeah. example there's, of CG. There's little bits of CG in this that... Oh, you mean like the ships and whatnot? Yeah. So this is like sort of Troy, Tron era CG? Uh, yeah, little, well, no, it's a bit more advanced than that. But uh, yeah, the CG is not very good in this. And it uh, it's very, very noticeable that it's mm. not very good. Is it that bad? Yeah, it was like well, it's things. 1985. It was like one of those things when they was like, oh, this is a thing, let's use it all the time, and it's like, no, don't. Yeah, but this is science fiction we're talking about, so it's got a place for it to be used. So the CG is 
very typically 1980s, but the practical effects are very, very good, right? The art direction mm. is very, very good. The story is, it's actually pretty good, but then it's also pretty bad at the same time. We're going to have to clarify that. Okay, right. Whenever people look at the title of this, they look at it and go, Enemy Mine, and part of the story involves a mine. So obviously people think, oh yeah, it's a mine that belongs to the enemy. It's something to do with that. No, let me clarify Enemy mine is basically, if you actually think about it, my enemy. Enemy of mine. That's a bit on the nose, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But people didn't out. see the thing is, people didn't see that at all because that's the bit I'm talking about where I say the story is pretty good, but it's also pretty bad at the same time. Okay. okay. Right? And that whole bad part involves the mine. Okay. Right. Here's, here's the story. You have uh, a pilot, a human pilot. It's set in the late 21st century. Humanity has started colonizing the, uh, colonizing the stars, and they're going from planet to planet, gathering resources, everything like that. And their expansionist policies are solid. Humanity has united behind this drive of colonizing the stars, but then they find out they are not alone. Out in the stars, there is another race called the Drac. And the Drac are a reptilian race, and humans can't understand the Drac. Drac can't understand humans. They both have opposing philosophies. Uh, but the Drac have basically claimed what the humans call squatters' rights. But okay. it's actually, it's actually they, have cut, they got there first, but the humans basically want to kick them off their planets because those planets are mineral-rich resources. Sort of, uh, what was the... Verhoeven movie, um, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, total, not Total Recall. God, uh, Starship Troopers. Starship yep. Troopers sort of foreign policy. Basically, tonight. Starship Troopers type foreign foreign policy. And anyway, humanity, uh, because of their aggression, have engaged in a war with the Drac, and the Drac are fighting back in a way that humans didn't expect because they thought, oh, dumb reptiles, and then they started dying. Um, so anyway, the Drac and the humans are fighting. Then there's a uh, space station, and it's kind of like a fortress in that particular area. Of the of that system, and the humans are stationed there. And you have Dennis Quaid's character Willis Davidge, who is a pilot, and he does his job really well. But he's a bit gung ho at the same time. The station comes under attack from drag pilots, and his squadron are sent out to fight back. They manage to kill some of them, but more drag turn up, and Davidge basically goes after one of the drag pilots, who's basically blown up one of their ships. He's determined to kill him, but he does damage. But he's chasing this pilot down onto a planet, which nobody goes to because apparently it's a desert planet type thing. Then an accident happens and him, Willis Davidge, and his co-pilot end up crashing on the planet. The Drac has already ejected from his ship. Davidge's co-pilot dies, so Davidge is left on the planet by himself. Until he sees a plume of smoke in the distance and he realises that the Drac pilot has also landed and he thinks, right, Okay, I'm going to kill him. So he goes all the way across to where this thing is and finds the Drac. And the Drac is played by Louis Gossett Jr. In, right, Louis Gossett Jr. plays the character Jeriba Shigan, who, who Willis Davidge, or Davidge, uh, calls Jerry because he can't say Jeriba Shigan, even though I can. <laughs> that does not make it better than Dennis Quaid, by the way. Uh, no. Anyway, the two of them, uh, the two of them fight after a bit but it's really really strange because this is the bit where everything suddenly starts getting a bit weird in the movie because the first time you see the drac louis gossett jr's character it's weird because the drac comes out of the water and it's kind of like you know that scene from dr no where uh what's her face comes out of the water <laughs> it's weirdly sensual like that only it's louis gossett jr in a reptile suit <laughs> 
So it's weird, it gets weirdly sensual at that point, and Quaid and the Drac, you know, Davidge and the Drac fight. The Drac takes Davidge, uh, you know, captures him by the simple medium of going for a swim and leaving his gun on the escape pod. And Davidge thinks, right, so he basically goes to the escape pod, gets some fuel, pauses on the water, sets fire to it, and goes, yeah, I'm going to kill you, burn you, mother, because they can't say the rest of it. Mother Trumper. No, no, it just goes, burn you, mother, and that's it. <laughs> like, okay. It's um, like an 80s movie, though, isn't it? So Yeah, and then he goes for the gun. The he, go- words. he goes to grab the Drax gun from the escape pod, only to find out that the Drax escape pod has security measures, so he's basically getting mildly electrocuted by the escape pod, and the drag calmly comes out of the fire in the water, going, well, you know, not speaking in English, obviously, but speaking in drag. And weirdly enough, this is the movie where I actually started appreciating Louis Gossett Jr. more as an actor, because even with all that heavy makeup on, he was actually pretty good in his role. Okay. You know, and even though he wasn't speaking English words, the way he was doing all of the movements, you know, it, you wouldn't tell it was Louis Gossett Jr. unless you knew it was him. Because during that time in the 1980s, he was playing like the the Air Force colonels and the generals and everything like that. All you know, he was always the uh, you know the shouty man, the one who's telling other people what to do. Yeah, and yeah I know what you mean. This is a very different role for him. And then he gets weirder still because this is one of those strange movies where. They actually go into the anatomy of alien races. Okay. Because the Drac is going to have a kid. Louis Gossett Jr. is going to have a kid. The, <laughs> the practical effects are quite good for its time, but something about that and the way they look just feels really odd see, when you put them together like that. See, the Drac, are, see, where humans have male and female, the Drac are actually, they aren't hermaphrodite. They aren't androgynous. They are basically both male and female together in one body. Isn't that what a hermaphrodite is? No, this is more complete than a hermaphrodite. (laughs) Hermaphrodite has both male and female genitalia. This is basically all of it in one. Right. The the complete Adam and Eve in one body. The weird thing is, when the drag becomes pregnant, Louis Gossett Jr. starts camping it up to the nines and starts playing the role in a very feminine way. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really weird having Dennis Quaid, who's like, you know, it becomes some kind of, you know, ten thousand BC type of thing with Louis, with Dennis Quaid as the as the bearded hunter warrior type gatherer type person, like I'm coming back fans. home to see his drac wife, who's busy making baby clothes. <laughs> and it's like now I get why people didn't like this. This was this was dealing with transgender stuff before it was even an issue. Right? Very tastefully, I see. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Using the simple medium of sci-fi. And as I said, the art direction is really good. And weirdly, even though I say this, it's weird up to this point, this is the part where the story is actually pretty good because Davidge's character, and Quaid plays Davidge not very well at the beginning, but when it gets to the midpoint of the movie, Quaid has really stand, you know, stated, stated his claim to that role. He really plays the character well. And Louis Gossett Jr. is just, he is a revelation in this role because you just don't expect it from him. He is the shouty man of the 1980s. He tells everybody what to do. He tells people that they can't be Top Gun or whatever it is. No, it was Iron Eagle he was in, wasn't it? Yeah. But uh, you wouldn't actually imagine Louis Gossett Jr. to be able to play a role with a degree of humor and sensitivity like this. And he's doing it while wearing such heavy makeup. <laughs> he was known as the guy who was the military instructor. Yeah. That was his character archetype that he was very popular with. Exactly. So, have you, you know, that's what I mean by his revelation, revelation in this role. And 
the relationship between Davidge and um, and Jerry is actually quite. It's really quite charming in a way because they hate each other but they have to rely on each other in order to survive because there's no one else on the planet and the the fact that jerry's going to have a kid it kind of completes that little family unit so davidge basically becomes an uncle because sadly jerry dies you know giving birth to zamis who is basically davidge's now nephew this the latter part of the movie is where all the problems lie because uh, it involves mines and slavery of the drax and davidge becoming the great white hero because up until that point, it was really good. The story actually made sense. The fact that they'd originally tried to kill each other, but now they were kind of like the science fiction, ver- sci-fi version of the odd couple, made sense. The weirdly, the weird relationship, the weird kind of mar- uh, married with children type relationship, not that married with children, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the weird 2.4 children type relationship or the newlywed thing, you know, that wo- that worked I don't know why it worked, but it did. It was weird and slightly disturbing up at times, but it worked. And then it all went to hell with slavers and the great white hero and the the mine belonging to the enemies where the Drax were kept as slaves and forced to mine all the ores and minerals. And that's the other part of the enemy mine. And that's the bit of the enemy mind that like, I is hit. It, did it go, did it, would you say it was bad because it used that trope? Because that was like, as far as progressive tropes go at the time, that was pretty much the one, right? Like Up to the point, up to that point, it was good. You know, it was, was it weird. just more like it was like, oh, it's sort of like a bland ending? It wasn't even that it was a bland ending. They took something that really could have, could have been on, they really could have challenged movies like June. Mm-hmm. Right, it really could have challenged them, but they bottled it at the last minute. They were going down a very, very, a remarkably interesting route, and for a 1980s science fiction movie to basically go down that route was something that you would not expect at all. You know, Dune people people hold Dune up on a pedestal for a reason, mm. and this could have easily challenged Dune if they hadn't bottled it right at the end. You mean the book Dune? I mean the book, yeah. I was going to say the movie is kind of awful. So yeah, well, I mean the the change. This is based on a book as well, yeah. and the made the changes were obviously made here as well. Mm. But the book, also the author in the book, bottled it. Okay. So unfortunately, it's one of those if only movies. It's great as a rewatch. It's great to go back and rewatch it because it's it does look good. They do have a deleted scene on there or an extended scene which is the only special on the desk. But weirdly, it's in German. It's been dubbed into German with subtitles. This movie. The extended scene. Just the extended scene. The movie is fine and everything's in English, but the extended scene is in German. And I didn't quite understand why. Is this a German movie? No. Yeah, popular in it's got Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah. You do get a lot of things like that. Certain cuts in certain languages, which yeah. aren't the native. It does happen. I wonder why. Not often, but it does happen. Okay. It just, it was dubbed in German, and I thought, okay, extended scene, I'll have a watch of this. And then it started speaking in German, I went, and I was checking the audio options to make sure that I hadn't changed the language by accident. Do they have the original audio? Because I know, you know, the original audio is always the best. No, no, the audio, the audio, it's all in English except for that extended scene. Um, oh, I mean, like, was that extended scene, did it have an English version no, as well? it, it It's didn't. weird, considering it's dubbed over. I know. It'd probably be lost, lost in yeah. time, these things. Yeah, quite. But anyway, yeah, I guess so. Back in the days of film and that. But anyway, it's not about film. It's just the fact that these films weren't looked after and they were lost. A lot of them. Well, Enemy Mine. It cost forty million to make and it bombed at the box office. It only made twelve million and it got mixed reviews from critics when it came out. So it's one of those movies that 
was it's one of those science fiction movies that would have been consigned to the sci-fi wasteland if Eureka Classics hadn't picked it up and decided to release it. I'm actually quite glad that they did because it's a rare thing in especially in 1980s science fiction where they were trying to push the boat out but for whatever reason they they just had to, you know, they just had to wind everything back in and stick to type and Louis Gossett Jr. had to go back to being the shouty military guy. Okay. Because this thing is, if this had taken off, if this had succeeded, that could have really changed his career during the 80s. Mm. He had a pretty successful career. As being the shouty military guy, this could have given him more diversity of roles. Okay. Okay. That's it. Now reviews are over. Yes. Excellent. I will come back in a second with our theme of the week, which is men at work, and it's not homoerotic or anything. Nope. <laughs> Hi, I'm Destiny Blue, the anime artist, and I like drawing and the geek show, which you are currently listening to. Hello. Do you like films? Well, wow, that, that's good. We're over the first hurdle. If you like films and you also like podcasts, you should probably check out The Geek Show's only dedicated movie podcast, Cinema Eclectica. Well staffed with a trained array of helper monkeys, we review all of the latest films every week and do it reasonably well. Welcome back to the show. Uh, the topic at the minute now is men at work. Yes. And women men. too. And women too. Basically, the workplace in general and how it's used in media. Because uh, I'm thinking about films like Office Space, where a lot of it takes place around his workplace, which is the office, and around the stuff involved with a typical working office. I mean, they take out the fax machine. It wasn't the fax machine? It was the printer. Oh, sorry, the printer. They well, it was both, wasn't it? it yeah, was it was one of, of those big printer. little big behemoths. Yeah. Which just didn't work. <laughs> and they basically they, work. they kidnap it, put it in the boot of his car, take it out to a field and start attacking it with baseball bats because they hate it that much. But the thing about office space, which is overlooked for gags like that. Yeah. And you know, it'd be nice if you if you did these and you got them on my mm. desk by this time. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And the guy with his is a stapler. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> the thing people forget about that film in particular is it's such a Almost perfectly observed uh, satire of the workplace. Yeah. Job simulator. Job simulator? Basically, it's a game for the HTC Vive, and it's an actual decent simulator game. And um, it's a VR game, so you're sort of in the, the place, and you're dealing with robots. And, for example, you might have... I think there's one where you're working in, like, a job center or something. <laughs> and... Um, Sorry, what? <laughs> well, there is... The reason why I brought it up is because it's the same sort of environment and it kind of uses some of the tropes that you see in some of these sort of office sitcom type things, except you're, you, the player, are in, you know, you're inside it and you're doing some of this stuff. You're photocopying random stuff. And because you can't really get fired from what I can tell, you can do like a lot of ridiculous things. Yeah. And it actually looks like quite an interesting game, especially since HTC Vive is actually apparently quite good for VR. Oh, so yeah. Okay. I just, it's, it just came to mind because, as I said, it uses a lot of similar humor, but with a bit extra silly stuff because it's pretty cartoony. So you can photocopy donuts and just eat donuts all day at work if you want. Can you play this without the bag? As what? <laughs> can you play this without the bag? That's a good question, actually. Mm, I don't know, did, but I think it would lose a lot it. of its charm if you did. Hmm. Good job, but you're not too serious, though. Like you couldn't lose your job because you'd just get depressed. <laughs> you can't yeah. lose your job and then not play it again until you find a new one. You know? Yeah, I, I kind <laughs> of, I kind of get what you're saying. I don't. I wouldn't say it was the same as Office Space though, because Office Space is very much a satire. This seems more like just a IT crowd type thing. Oh, this is like very sort of satirical and like non-serious. Like, well, it's not really a satire in the sense that 
it's not really trying to make a point, but you know, since Stanley it's based Parable. off of an office yeah. sort of environment, Did it you does put... occasionally mock elements yeah. of what you're doing. Did you ever play the Stanley Parable? Um, I've seen enough of it. Yeah, yeah, that I would say is a bit more like Office Space. Yeah, but it, it does it approach. does stuff like that as well. Yeah. In terms of like you know pointing out the fact that you are in this working situation and you're probably going to be there for a while. And see, I, I, the thing that got me with what you said was when you said you're in a job center, and that's just one of the levels, but yeah. So are you actually assigning jobs or are you applying for jobs? No, you're assigning jobs. You're assigning yeah, jobs to people. Yeah, I said you're people. working in a job center. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's like our local job center, Rob. <laughs> uh, the job center is great. Uh, uh, lovely overseers. I think it was a job center or something like that. I remember there, there were parts where like people came in and it was just like, okay, this person will supply for this job. Or no, actually, never mind. I was just thinking of the bit where I was thinking of hiring new people. Forget what I said, but it is an office. Can you keep an... <laughs> and you can throw paper aeroplanes at people. Going back to the satire thing, I want to talk about uh, the theme series. The what? The theme series. Theme? Oh, the theme hospital. He is theme like series. Ah. I mean, it, 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 it's vanished, which is, which is a sad thing, but it also... Uh, theme Hospital Monteki, which always was my favourite because, yeah. you know, it was... It was With it, Super Doctor. It kind of has to be, you know I mean? They take that satirical look at the workplace. The workplace doesn't have to be an office in a tower block. Yeah. It can be anything. It can be a farm. It can be anything. So we're not being too pinned in with what it is. It's just the act. Oh, don't start me on the farm ones. And I'm just I'm just no. using it. I'm just saying that, as establishing that as a fact. But the, uh, the Theme Hospital, I think, was particularly good because it was a type of game which doesn't really uh, exist now. It was about asset management I mean it exists but it's become so niche it was kind of a because SimCity was the one that can't, that, that is the one that everybody sort of cites, the, but you're not really working there you're kind of playing God well no uh, Populous was the God play, was oh no but you're playing as like a thing that hovers in the sky and says I no, want to build this mayor. game but it's like the gameplay is similar the but the context and, is very different know, you're a mayor but you're basically playing yeah. as a God character well, what, uh, see the way it went was Populous was basically your job was basically to be a to be a god, and then that eventually became like black and white or whatever it was called. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you had Sim City, which was basically city management, but you were the mayor. But then you had the theme games like Theme Park and Theme Hospital and uh, Theme Zoo. And that was where it, it kind of it reduced Sim City all the way down to one thing. Which is mm. where it was at its best. Yeah. You know, spread yourself too thinly, it don't work. Spread yeah. yourself really specifically and thick like those Philadelphia adverts. <laughs> you get diabetes if you eat that. <laughs> but you, have you seen the chocolate one? It's minging. Chocolate Philadelphia. But, yeah. That doesn't sound very yeah. nice. It's Video horrible. games like the th- spreading in Philadelphia when it comes to theme. <laughs> and the theme hospital, the theme zoo. I mean, there was ones on the Xbox One as well, Thrillville. wasn't there? Hmm? Thrillville. Yeah. I'm thinking of that one. Thrillville. No, it, was a, it was a zoo one in the Xbox tycoon. one. Tycoon. It was one of the relaunch titles. Yeah. yeah. Zoo Tycoon. Is that, that was, is that the same sort of thing? Yeah, it, it's Zoo Tycoon is the same sort of thing as the, the theme games. Mm. That was the same thing as Thrillville, though, because you yeah. could you had the choice of doing what you could do in the theme games where you off the top look making your yeah. zoo or your theme park, but you could actually go down and walk about in person. Don't they go have, on like, the rides or... They actually did, because uh, okay. the theme park... Uh, the Tycoon Games had a direct competitor to the theme park because it was the it was Roller Coaster Tycoon. Mm. Yeah, that that that's vanished, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. What's, what's happened, happened there? What's it happened hasn't there? vanished. Have <laughs> EA just, just completely lost touch? Well, no, because the Tycoon Games weren't EA. They've just no, no, I mean the theme park, games. theme park, theme hospital, mm. theme whatever. They yeah. did very well. Did they? Yeah, not? they did very. Ver- the theme theme hospital is still a hugely popular game. 
mean, I love it. It's no, I mean, even now, it's still, still massively still popular. Played. Yeah, still gets mm. played. Well, there's people who are still playing SimCity from, like, the 1990s. <laughs> and it's they're never... still playing that version of SimCity. Well, the thing about Sim City... People are still playing Worms World Party in Armageddon as oh. well. Like, Theme, old school. Uh, yeah. Sims has never really evolved visually all that much. It's all... No, it's evolved a lot. No, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's basically <laughs> the same sort of design of game. It's just oh, the game design hasn't evolved. It just but looks evolved. a bit slicker. It's devolved. It's got worse since between yeah. three and four. Yeah, yeah, it has a lot of theory of that. But that's that's the sort of aspect of game. I think they're they're interesting as games because you know when you play games, you play games to escape escape work to escape the mundane reality of but then you have everything. some games that are basically work like SimCity no but even that Eve Job no, Simulator <laughs> Job Simulator Shenmue yeah Shenmue the, oh yeah the finest part of Shenmue 1 I haven't played 2 I can't comment on 2 yeah. but the finest part of uh, number 1 is towards the end of the game uh, you get a work you, you work at a, a pallet factory a factory just moving around working on the pallets you're working on the docks yeah you're uh, working on the docks and you got to get at the bus stuff for, I think it was 9 on the dot and then yeah. get the bus in and then you could you know work on the pallets as long as you want there was pallet racing but again no it was, no it was a uh, forklift truck racing that was it yeah forklift, forklift truck parts of the things you transport obviously yeah. sorry but yeah that was like the fine, best bit of the game because it just was and that's the, the mad is, thing it's a game where you, I mean, you play games to escape that and for work to be like a, a, an aspect of the games you play you see what I'm getting at it's just it's just weird I find it well, weird it's not weird because what you're, what you're looking at you're thinking about work in a very very specific way when you look at certain RPG games especially certain like Western system, RPGs yeah, yeah. not the class system what, the job system not the job system I don't thought them two would be first on the, nope. the hymn sheet nope because hmm, let's see I'm starting off with beginner equipment I uh, there's a nice shiny sword that's being sold over there I don't have enough money what should I do Oh, maybe I should take on a couple of requests from some of the villagers around here just, and earn a bit of cash. Just on find that my point. lost cat. I'll be happy to do that, ma'am. So does that <laughs> does that include GTA then? Because GTA, you are basically a gangster. Yeah, yeah, or, or something like yeah, a gangster. Can you? But yeah, you if can somebody phones you, says, "Can you do this, mate?" You, yeah. you basically you're yes. doing jobs in GTA. Yes. Taxi driver, Ryan just said it there. I mean, I imagine there's other things. Okay. Taking your stupid cousin to play pool. Yeah, well, well all that stuff is very much side stuff that could be ignored, though. But oh, it's, just, so. it's, just, it's just colouring in for the game. It makes it a richer world. It's colouring world. in, but then you got talking about taxis, then you go to the best taxi simulator of all, which is Crazy Taxi. Yeah, it's dated uh, badly. It has yeah. dated badly. Oh. It needs a bit of a, a spit and polish, it, it, that one. It needs a new soundtrack for a start. Yeah, and not the same one song, which is every song Offspring have ever done, or Bad Religion have done, because it's all the same song. <laughs> it's just they've got one song. Stop it. It's not good. It's not cool. Stop Don't it. you've got the same narrator. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah, I can't remember it. Well, the thing crazy is, taxi. As an arcade, yeah, <laughs> as an arcade game, it's a great game. Just on that point, I mean, I know we're going into past hams, but it has that same sort of taking something very mundane and making it kind of cool. But uh, Sega Bass Fishing. That is not yeah. a job. That's no, not a fish. It's, it's not a job. It's not a job. I'm crowbarring this reference. You yeah. want the fish? But, you want the fish? Well, somebody has to, you will never no, be no, a fisherman. No, 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 but you're saying it's not a job. But yeah, fishing is a job. Yeah, but that's a, Not in that sense. That's, a that's like me saying the, it's my compl- player career on FIFA is a job. <laughs> it is. It is. Because you, you are managing a club. You're managing a club on that. Remember about when you play? Oh, no, but <laughs> player manager. Player manager is a job. You're doing that job it's in that game. Point, yeah. Championship <laughs> manager. There you go. Yeah. Game about a job. I do. I do. Yeah, I do and it's like so bloody tedious. It's so incredibly tedious as well with the ma- the, uh, soft, the spreadsheets and whatnot. It is a job. Football manager. Yeah. It's like, it is 
Yeah, how, how, how many players I've found and they go on contact for showing up late to training? You're a hard boss, man. <laughs> You're a hard boss. Any complaints about me finding him three weeks' wages? Does he go complaining to the newspapers? He's out for he's out for a month with a stub toe. That's a bit much, How does that it? happen? How, how big's his toe? Oh, accident. What did he stub it on? <laughs> what did did he, you just ask that question? What did he stub it on? <laughs> just go around sticking I his toe stuff. I think her name was Pauline. <laughs> is it, is it, is two his weeks with a bruised rib. Is his toe a cat? Is his toe a cat? Is his, his toe goes around sticking his face and things. That's what although, cats do. Although I'll admit, you can uh, you can mod that game. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you can like uh, someone was out for two months with a decapitation. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh dear! But Sorry, what? what is it? Red card soccer all it's of a really sudden. Edited. You can open up the editor and just add injuries. What is it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, is it red card soccer? Because that was pretty hard, car. The things you did in that. But yeah, yeah I mean, sports games are. I mean, sports games have like a career mode. There about work. Yeah, I mean, for sake of fishing, you you mocked me for that. But fisherman is a job. Yeah, but the thing is, you aren't going out on the fishing boat to catch fish. It's a small it's mod. No, it's not a small mod. It's <laughs> a very very big mod. It's, it's a mod though. It's possible. If, if we incorporate sports into it, though, that include racing games, or is that like yeah. a bit like, too? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's F one, if it's if man, it's, it's sort of it's management, a, or sort of job aspect to it, rather than just going and racing, going and racing, going and racing. Well, no, the yeah, F one games rate is art wouldn't count. Street races wouldn't count, but F1 definitely would because yeah. F1 is more you are the driver. You basically got to make these adjustments and or basically say, look, this is how I want this set up. So you basically got to understand the, understand how the car works and how it works with you and adjust it to your settings. So it's more of the job of the F1 race, F1 driver that you have rather than just getting the car drive. Mm, Sega Bass Fishing is a work. <laughs> but, no, it's not. Any simulator of vehicles is really... <laughs> construction vehicle simulator! <laughs> they have become very popular. I mean, bus simulator. Is that... Is that no. I think it's the name simulator that's become popular these days, to be honest. Truck is, is that the same thing, though? You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like how people in the city love country file. It's like people who hate the job want to do something that's just therapeutic. So actually, there's a lot in what you say. There's a guy. Uh, there's a guy who uh, has basically a complete setup of uh, literally. He's got the complete setup, all the screens, everything like that. He spent thousands of pounds on it, and it's basically an aircraft cockpit. And all he does when he goes home is plays on one of the flight simulators. On one of the flight simulators. Yeah, on one of the flight simulators. <laughs> And all he does is ferry passengers across the Atlantic and back. That's it. It's a pretty boring route. thing is, for him, that's what he enjoys because his job is so hectic during the day. His his job is just like he it's never therapy. gets any, fine, any time to himself. So doing something mundane like that, it, for him, is therapeutic. It's like I know loads of players who play Eve well, I don't know. and it's all they do really, is mine. It's not really like an everyday sort of job. So, I mean... I guess it is pretty calm up in the air and all of that, so it probably is very beautiful. Well, it's ju- it's, way, just, the, it's yeah. just the quiet of it. It's the yeah. quiet. You, you, at the same you, time, I'd imagine it's very sort of a unique experience. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I mean, yeah. maybe in that case of the flight simulator, it is, but in the general uh, vibe of people doing these very mundane or very hectic jobs and they just want something simple. calm and simple. And a lot of those things are the, yeah. the, the job simulators. There's like a bus simulator yeah. that you can do. There's train simulators. There's all no, sorts of simulators. The, 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 the one that's the most popular. And just doing that sort of mundane task yeah. bus is, is very in-depth. That's said, um, the bus is, one yeah, is very in-depth. Since we're still talking. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the long-haul one, that one's mm. supposed to be very popular as well. Um, while it's relevant, since we're still talking about like the cockpit thing, though, like it might seem a bit silly to some to want something like that, but I could see the connection between that and work because you know it's 
still busted. I got to fix it. But the steering wheel setup I have, if by some miracle I was to end up in the racing scene, I think I'd have a head start. Yeah. <laughs> not dropping any hints there, are you, Lewis? <laughs> no, no, of course not. But like, yeah, it like if you get like a decent simulation, it should teach you how to drive a car fast. Well, so I'm interested in getting in a rally car. I don't think it'll be too difficult. Uh, it'd be, it'd be absolutely terrifying. People can learn things from video games because there's that divorce, isn't there? The divorce yeah. between being in an actual thing which goes around those corners yeah. like that and That's being right, in front yeah. of a monitor that does yeah. that. It can prepare you yeah. so much, but it can't prepare you. Well, anyway, of course, like yeah, of course, like you know, once the G forces come into effect, that's a factor as well. But yeah. it's like you know, I want to do one of those rally experiences one day, and I like to think that once I get inside, I pretty much know what I need to do, and I can yeah. experiment with that without too many problems. Yeah. I, I understand. Rather than just being like, yeah. um, like how Astro do I turn this way? That is a thing I do, yeah. But at the same time, I think that's why the simulators are so popular because there's absolutely no pressure. Yeah. There's no story. There's no drama. It's just, well, I've got to do this thing. It's quiet. It's relaxed. I'm going to go and do it. They've got a new, uh, they've got a new Dencha de Go simulator. Now, is that the train one? That's the Japanese train one. It's one of the most popular and one of the most famous train simulators on the planet. And life is, f- like, back uh, when, in Japan, life is very, very hectic. It's notoriously yeah. so. So I Back on the Dreamcast, I mean. and it's one of the few, it's one of the few. Um, accessories for the Dreamcast that I don't have, and I've always wanted one. Got they actually 100. have they have the controller for the train, the proper denture they go tra- controller. It's basically a proper train controller. Well, isn't it just like a, la- a thing that goes up it's and down a, and it's slide? It's the throttle uh, lever and the brake lever, so uh, because it's all on rails, so you don't need a steering wheel. No. And you basically with the new because the. They're bringing out a new version of Dench they Go, and with the new one, you are timed, right? So if you are running late, you get penalised. Well, that's kind of true of Japanese uh, by rail 30 travel. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true of Japanese rail travel, though. They are superbly efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is one of the reasons I'd love to swap their railway system for ours. You know, well, that railway system just, isn't just, bad. Just take, all of our, just take all of our railway system and ship it over to Japan, leave it with them, for half a year, let ju- let the Japanese whip them into shape, and then just gives it back. The thing about our rail transport, it's okay. It's buses; they're the problem. Oh, <laughs> if I buses turn up, there you go. There's the there's the thing. Because what we'll end up with is loads of people like Andy who've played Bus Simulator, but they played the New York version. <laughs> <laughs> or they've played the uh, where's crazy for traffic. Paris version. Ship simulator. Constructor simulator. Construction vehicle simulator. That's the best one. Because you get to be in a JCB. Farm simulator. Farm there you simulator. go. Farming simulator. Although, did you see same. that in the news recently? How there was a guy who wanted to take a break from the rat race by becoming a goat. Yeah. <laughs> and he went and lived for a goat for six months and wrote a book about it. No, I mean, the, the game, which I think is really, really, like, really brilliant lately, is a. Uh, Mad Game Simulator. I think it's Mad Game Simulator, for, which is on Steam now for a ten for a tenner. Are you getting my own commission? Uh, no, but I'm, I'm hoping that uh, they're hoping that uh, listen to this and then go, ooh, we'll give them all our games. <laughs> what about that other one that you were playing, the toilet one? I haven't played that yet. I want have you not? That. So what's what's Mad Game Simulator? What's this? Um, it's where you create. Have you ever played one called Game Dev Tycoon? I've heard of. I've played. You that start one. off your own. I heard that was. A you start off in a, game, your own garage making a. Uh, Games in a nineteen eighty, in and it goes from there, and you build your own business from sales and things to, and you go up to I think it's 
the year 2050 where consoles stop coming out and then it just stays the same. Uh, and you get like different technology research and everything. Yeah. And you move along to a company where you could even set up your own Steam type of uh, service, your yeah, own yeah, MMORPGs. But it's making the games. You like you have to put in, in different departments. For example, if you want voice voice uh, capture on it, you have to put it in the yeah. voice. If you want motion, you have to put it in the green screen. And it takes time. It's like, I'm actually working here. So mm. the longer it takes, the more like successful the, the game is. Play. I think you, you just get to a certain <laughs> point in your game playing uh, career mm. when but, you just don't want but you make energy, your own high. office. Yeah. You yeah. just want to play something like but that. You make yeah. your own office. Because that sounds great to me. It's yeah. not like fun you get little, given a room. Fun little fact about that game, that if you actually pirate that game, uh, you'll be playing the game for so long and then mm. eventually your business will go under from piracy. Uh, that, <laughs> that's that nice. Was, that was Game great. Dev Tycoon, wasn't it? I yeah, think. Game Dev Tycoon. Mm. But I think that's as good a point to stop as any. We'll uh, take a quick break there and okay. come back in a little bit. This is Hunt Emerson on The Geek Show. I'm a cartoonist. I draw comics. And I'm having a great time here in Sunderland at the uh, Graphic Novel Expo. And I'm happy to be talking to you here on The Geek Show. Hi. Here at The Geek Show, we have a lot of fun making our podcasts, but we can only do that with continued support from our wonderful listeners. So if you feel like giving us a few moneyses, why not click the donate button on the right-hand side of the website? Hi, and welcome back. We you sound like talk- you need a holiday. Yeah, because we're talking about work. Okay. I'm tired. Right. I've got a headache because I got kicked in the nose yesterday. Working all the Have time. Taekwondo instructor. <laughs> Which is another job. Headache. Which is also a job. Yes. <laughs> it's a segue. Yeah. Moving away from video games and movies for a second, right? There's loads of stuff on TV, like the IT crowd. But before we go on to that, I want to mention uh, Lewis and Lewis mentioned one during the break, Working, which is an anime series about working in a cafe. Ostensibly. Hey, I don't want to be the one who brings up anime out of a people. <laughs> I, no, I, I said you mentioned it, but you got me. But you immediately you reminded me of one in particular, which I actually found really good because it gave you an idea of what the working life is like in a hot springs hotel in japan and it's a series called hanasako iroha which was uh, out from a few out a few years ago it hasn't been released in the uk which i think is a real shame and mm. it's about uh, a young girl who goes to live with her grandmother and her grandmother runs a hot springs hotel and she's a very stern grandmother because her mom was supposed to take over the hotel and basically decided to run away. Um, she got pregnant with a guy and then became a journalist, yada, yada, yada. And now she's a single mom who's a bit who's a bit of an airhead. Clever, but also very, very lazy and very, doesn't like responsibility. So her daughter basically says, right, I'm leaving your mom. I'm going back, going to live with grandma. Goes to live with grandma only to find that what she was used to all of this time is so very different because life in a hot springs hotel where there's guests coming in and out day in, day out is very, very different. You have to be up at the crack, crack of dawn it just reminds me of like a, I guess let's call it a podcast that was sort of like a game grumps thing with Rob Schneider and his wife, and they mentioned like when your house is your workplace. Yeah, it's not the best thing and could get pretty weird when you've always got people were there like as part of your work. And well, the thing is, it's a hot springs ho- right in front of you. It's a hot springs hotel, so you know, like any live-in hotel, it's going to it's an odd environment as it is. I've lived in a live-in hotel. I've worked in a live-in hotel. So they're all they are always odd environments. You can be quite loose of it in anime though. 
Yeah, the concept of working because uh, what there's there's one end of the spectrum. There's uh, the I think it was a Korean series about handsome men running a, a cupcake shop. What was that one called? Antique Bakery. Yeah, yeah. There's don't that even end. talk to me about. There's, there's that end of the, the spectrum. Is, there's that end of the spectrum. There's the maid cafe end of the spectrum. There's, there's the maid cafe stuff. end of the spectrum. But the difference between them and something like Hanasaku Iroha is that Hanasaku Iroha actually goes into like the economics of running. The hotel, but she's not a bachelor, the, is she? No, she's just a normal girl. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, what I'm saying is, this is basically more like a look at what it's like to run an actual hotel than it is an anime series. But, you um, can, le- you know, when I said you can learn stuff from video games. Yeah, yeah. The, you can learn stuff from this anime series when it comes to hotel management, for example. There's like three ends of the spectrum, though, isn't there? I mean, you can include fantasy stuff or horror stuff as as work. I mean, it sounds very vague. I don't know. That, I don't think Death a vampire Parade. is classed as work. Death yeah. Parade. <laughs> Death, Parade. <laughs> Death Parade is work. Well, yeah, that's his job, but... Yeah, yeah exactly. You talk about men at work, and it's people who sort of like it's the... It's Quinn Deckham's job, yeah, but, you know, when you talk about work, yeah... I'm being very loose with my interpretation of it, but... Yeah, you're well, you're very loose as it is. Yeah, you hear that, ladies? He's very loose. Sega Bass Fishing <laughs> is worth. Are you going to take that? <laughs> it's Albana. Sega, ba- Sega fat Bass Fishing. Sega Bass Fishing is work. I'm not going to back down on this one. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Where was I? But yeah, yes. de- Death Parade. Yeah, Death Parade. Okay, it's his job. That's what he's. Well, it's all of them job. All of the jobs. Yeah, it's all of their jobs. But uh, see, uh, when it comes to the whole job thing, because without the th- them, it'd just yeah. be chaos. When it comes to the whole job thing, one of the thing that gets one of the things that gets confusing with anime is because a lot of anime is set in high schools or school based environments. You automatically get that uh, thing where okay, they're playing football or they're playing baseball. That's the central core of the story. So that must be their job. No, their their main job is being. A student on at that school. point, though, on that point, though, what about anime that's from the teacher's perspective, high school anime from the teacher's perspective? Because that would be about work. I think about it. Is that, is that a thing? There are, a, there are, a, there are a couple where it, it approaches it from. I mean, you could call great teacher on Azuka. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. to a degree. I mean, yeah. the manga, the anime is awful, but the yeah. manga definitely. Well, the anime is one of those ones that I think deserves a reboot. Yeah, because it kind of just got to a certain point and says, you know what, we're not following this. We're just going to do our own thing. Well, they missed out on the whole, on the most important thing about GTO. The most important thing came right at the end of the manga when they're basically saying, what does school mean to you? And they're basically asking, uh, it's like a reporter asking different people on the street. And some of the kids are going, look, we don't like the teachers. They think they know it all. What the hell do they know? All their knowledge comes from books. And then other people saying, you know, some teachers know where it's at, but... You know, the rest of them are just there for the money. Okay, so uh, moving on though, TV. TV, we have to cover TV, basically. Well, yeah, we have to start off with uh, The Office. It's the most obvious place to start. Oh, well, yeah, but I don't like it. I'm but honest. I'm not going to, because yeah. I have to start with Faulty Towers. Now, the, the, office is, <laughs> the Office is this bad part of stuff about TV, about work, which is the fake or fly-on-the-wall documentary. All the fly-on-the-wall documentary, just a day in the life of somebody doing a job. There, I don't want to talk about them. Because they're bad. That's why I said Faulty Towers. So let's just move on to Faulty Towers. Why are they yeah. bad? It's because they're exactly the same in everything. They are. The, Even the parody ones are exactly the same. Yeah, you know? they're just like, especially like, I think The Office, uh, they're just made to be mundane like the jobs actually are. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's not of, very interesting. Yeah. Whereas something like Faulty Towers has a it wealth is. of brilliant characters. None of them really work. Though, Wait, I so think. Fly on the Wall essentially means they're supposed to be like vaguely realistic. It's not to do with the no, perspective. No, it's, it's realistic. It's like the fly on the wall is pretend the camera's not here. Just do your work as normal. 
And what, what are faulty towers? What what like difference is that to faulty towers? Well, let's put it this way: faulty towers are realistic. You know, <laughs> you know why it's meant I chose, to be funny. You know why I chose faulty <laughs> faulty towers? Because the anime I chose was Hanasaku Iroha, which is all about running a hotel. <laughs> but on the same note, there's what? Are you being served? Are you being served? Yeah, it's in mm. a department store, yeah. and uh, you did grace and favour yeah, recently, hotel. didn't you? But yeah, there's quite a lot of sitcoms which are to do with work. So that's literally where. Yeah. Um, People oh, right I can remember from. it now. Open all hours. Yeah, mm. I guess it caught. No, por- porridge isn't really it, is it? It's more. From no, the... por- porridge wasn't was <laughs> not about work. <laughs> if it was porridge more about was the, the opposite of if, work. If it was more about the people who were in a prison, then maybe yeah, but it wasn't. So no. <laughs> <laughs> but open all hours definitely. You know, the the, the, re- the re- remake of it where wasn't they turned, that good. turned uh, Granville into ah great ah great. It just didn't work. <laughs> no, at all. And uh, we can put a little spin on it. For what you classify as a job, Toast of London. Yes, he's an actor. A, he's yes. an actor. Uh, he is an actor. Just, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Periscope down. Abandon <laughs> the ship immediately. It's a brilliant show. It's a brilliant show that people are starting to become aware of. Um, what's he called? I forgot his name now. <laughs> yeah, he is an actor. Yeah. He's a bit of a ham in London. Brilliant. Sends everything up. Yeah. So yeah, um, toast of London. I, I no about, disagreement. Um, but then you got about, other ones on that, on that same sort of satirical bent. What about um, the day to day? What about uh, Brass Eye? Or are they just yeah. parodies of a style of TV? Well, I think they're more parodies of a style of TV rather than uh, parodies of the actual work. But if you went with something like Drop the Dead Donkey, that's a parody of news yeah. of the whole journalistic thing. That is kind of the same thing, though. A bit more broad in what it's covering. Yeah. So the behind the scenes as well. The thing but. is, the day-to-day was more... Were, the day-to-day and Brass Eye took a lot of their cues from Drop the Dead Donkey, which was parodying the news of that time. The True. way that news... True. news, You know, because you had, like, the 9 o'clock news and stuff like that, and that's what they were parodying. And then you had not the 9 o'clock news. But uh, I think leaving those to one side, coming into more recent times... One that's uh, one that's got my attention a lot was uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I've lost interest with that one. I, it's got me because you know, first season was great. The first season was great, it, and it's got me because it's so not what we're used to from the uh, American police procedurals. Yeah, because yeah. they're all everything goes right for those people. They never, yeah. it's, it's all perfect and all inch perfect, and everything's tied up in a nice bow, and it just paints the policeman as idiots. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I like it. Yeah. And then you got uh, you've got a few. You've got the other one, uh, Veronica Warren, whatever her name is, which is kind of Mars. No, uh, it's another comedy one that's out now. It's like Brooklyn Nine Nine, only a bit more, uh, a bit more strange. But then you have the other work ones, like Thirty Rock. Yeah. We're just listing stuff now, so I think this yeah. is a good point. Is any to really pickle the jump into pickle the uh, geek? Yeah, definitely say so. Okay, so. Um, I'll go first say goodbye fishing fishing is a job <laughs> after they it it's a no, no, job no no no, no. If, if Sega did Sega fishing trawler yes I'd love it if it used the same engine yeah. I would be all over that like exactly. a pig in muck yeah because then I would happily accept the bass fishing as a job because it was well because Sega anybody who plays done... that game all you people listening out there you, you, if you played this you remember how awesome it was that no. would work right no 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 <laughs> I will call it a job if you... Uh, hey, I, I will call it a job. I will call Sega Pass Fishing a job game if you 
Go out on a fishing trawler and play Sega Bass Fishing on a fishing trawler in the sea. Well, if somebody's out there that can make that a realistic <laughs> opportunity, I'll, I'll totally up for that. We'll bring a camera and we'll record it so, for, for posterity. So bring it on internet. I'm happy to do that. Next, who's next? Um, pretty much any simulation driving game. Uh, WRC teams, I am looking to be hired. I can do any dry train layout and I can drive well on gravel. I can do a bit of snow and tarmac as well. But yeah. <laughs> That's not going to be my real job, is it? So that was Lewis's CV. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, though, in real life, you don't have that button to go backwards if you crash into the wall. I don't use that, and it's not in dirt rallies. So. I only got pulled into the water a few times as well with a big fish, so I'm really good at... <laughs> well, that's the thing, <laughs> like... the water. It was a big one. It was a real big fish. It was like a, it was like a shark or something. Jaws. And unlike those people who go for leaderboard times, I'm actually good at not going max attack all the time, so I won't crash. Cool. Andy? I've got one which is a real job. Oh, poppycock. Paper boy. <laughs> good call. So you want to be a paper boy when you're, like, well, he doesn't... 70? <laughs> I want to play paper well, we're not boy. Picking these, <laughs> I'm gonna say. We're not picking these things, like, uh, whatever for wanting to be them. I don't want to be a fisherman. I just think it's and a cool game. Paper boy 2 as well, because it did that well. Yeah. I think I'd rather just be a paper boy and actually play the game. I've actually <laughs> been a paper boy. I hated it. it Every house that I went to had dogs and they all went for me. <laughs> it's terrible. And um, it had real realistic threats in that game. For example, when you threw the paper, go through someone's window. Mm. If that happened in real life, You'd lose your job. You just drop the Herald and Post and run through. <laughs> <laughs> the Herald and Post is not is not going through anyone's window. That's why I, I used Unless to Unless you that. tie it around a brick. I used to deliver the Herald and Post. Funnily enough, he also had a delivery of bricks at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> right. Um, film I really like, but it has to be Wall Street. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good choice. It, it, it's I think it's the fact that it's one of those films where it looks like really deep into you know that like business ideology, and it, it it's one of those things that it's off-putting for some. When you get these type of films where you know it's all just jargon to a lot of people, but Wall Street's one I really like, and Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen, fantastic. Isn't Michael it? Douglas isn't in it. Am I, who am I thinking of? Leonardo DiCaprio's in it, you idiot. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Le- Lionheart DiCaprio's no, in it. No, no. <laughs> no, as in Wall Street. Lion or Wall DiCaprio. Street. Oh, Wall Street. Oh, you Wall, are right. Yes, Wall yeah, Street. Wall Street. The, ni- no. the 1980s one, yeah. All right, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's an odd choice. I'd expect it went to Wall Street, but okay. Yeah. Lion or DiCaprio. Lion Is he DiCaprio. the leader of the Thunder Caprios? <laughs> no, he's not. He would create a splinter group. He had none of that. Rob, your choice. Um, I'm going to go with uh, well it's an o- the first one's an obvious one that I've got to go with and it's the Italia games oh, yeah you had to uh, it, I think it's a good choice I, I th- makes a lot of sense it's because your job is a, is alchemist and the in the later games the from like Italia Rorona onwards that's actually your job it's not simply a job uh, a, a class or something like that your job is alchemist, and you have to work as an alchemist in order to make money. And you have like deadlines and quarters and things like that that you have to meet in order for you to make more money or get more bonuses. So it actually becomes an in-game job. It's relaxing, but it's a bit painful at the same time. <laughs> it's relaxing, and it can be a bit painful, but they refined it as they went along. So by the time you got to like Atelier Esca and Logi, the ac- the fact that your job was. To work as an alchemist, you know, it's uh, it made a lot more sense. I think in uh, like Italia Rorona, it was still very much a crowbar in thing because Rorona was the first one on the PS3, and it had just come off the back of Italia Iris, the Italia Iris trilogy on the PS2. But uh, by the time you get to Escanlogi on the PS3, it makes a lot more sense, <coughs> and they've streamlined it a lot more so that you get all these bonuses and stuff like that, and it it works. I think it's a brilliant too. idea. Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> no, well, it's someone who's played the first one, which is apparently like one of the more long-winded of the series, but I think it's still quite good. I'm inclined to believe what he's saying. So, Well, I mean, how many other JRPGs do you have where you, you basically, your, your main job is not to go out and save the world, but to help the townspeople yeah. with their yeah. everyday needs? Taking that as a segue from our pick, uh, yeah. Witcher 3. Wild Hunt. Yeah. Do that. Because you are a witcher and your job as a witcher is to kill the monsters. Yeah. Not in of course a, the witcher. Not in a monster hunter way which is just asinine and all about sort of collecting bits from the monster and yeah. there's no real goal there's no real end to it. I mean there's no real goal and no real end to it in the witcher because, for gear. because that is your job. Yeah. Your job is to kill monsters when people give you a contract to kill monsters. It's not even just monsters you get you know you're just for hire. You no no but that's, you that's a principal job of a witcher. But they'll take any work monster he, he will kill a monster yeah and it's very intelligently done i mean every monster has their own yeah. um, reasons and own uh ways to kill them and own uh, mythology and you have to yeah. know it all learn it all uh know their weaknesses know how to create alchemy and certain types of metal to get rid of it in specific yeah. Yeah. Uh, ways. like that you're right but uh, the witcher is a very high detailed job and yeah witcher 3 does that impeccably well amongst many things it does impeccably well and Sega Bass Fishing (laughs) 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 Lewis Um, a bit of a different angle like I guess games are work in the sense that you kind of got to put something into them to get something out of them and some RPGs are like that with the amount of quests that they throw out but I guess fighting games because like for some people when they're trying to sort of play at high levels and I guess this applies to games like any competitive game really like Starcraft and League of Legends and Dota there's like so much you can sort of look into the game and practice and you know have a training regimen to the point that it's almost like a sport and if anything I'd say like you know fighting games could almost be legitimately considered to be one but there's a strong sort of work element in terms of getting the maximum out of the gameplay. You can you can play them casually, of course, but I guess for the people who are doing it at a high level, even though it's not something that pays well enough to really be a job, for them to stay at the level that they're at, it's probably a bit of a job for them. So I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree because on principle I don't like esports. I don't consider them sports. But I'm gonna be grumpy old man now. We need an esports. Okay. Yeah, that's um, true. Video games aren't take. cool enough. There's no skill behind grumpy, them or anything gr- gr- like that. A grumpy old man is here. Well, the term, Screw those guys the term for being sport. losers. Am I right? Turn sports is thousands of years old, and playing a video game doesn't even remotely chime in with that. Well, no, I'll do bowls or croquet I, I, instead. I, I, that will get me all. I, I think video wedge games. And can, <laughs> thing is, We're not talking about that, Andy. I think video oh, game, and one more thing, Job oh, Simulator, because yeah. obviously it's Job Simulator. Come on. I was just going to say, I think, I, I think, uh, I think video games can become sports. I just don't think they're at the level of being recognized as sports yet they still have yes, a long way to go because people are resisting it for tradition's sake no i think uh, <laughs> i'm not resisting it for tradition's sake well, not, just, not you specifically me yeah i think i just think that they have to put in a lot more effort before i i would happily call them a sport andy oh yeah i see what you mean there's some <laughs> things that they could do to improve it but yeah. yeah um job simulator as well because you know you could be a mechanic or a chef and mess about and it's in vr and everything it's like you're actually there Yes. So job simulator. Now, Andy! <laughs> I've got two. One of them I'm going to talk about, one of them I'm going to mention. The one I'm going to talk about, the movies. This was a game, must have been about 10 years ago. Was it as old as that? It came out in 2006, I think. Wow. That, um, uh, when did that come this out? This was on the... Was this when the Kinect first came out? I think so, yeah. Round about, yeah. It would have been. 
Oh, it might have been a bit more before that because it, it was it was on PC and they were planning to make it on 360 and they cancelled it. Uh, I don't know. But what about movies then? But yeah, the movies it was a tycoon based uh, simulator uh, simulator where you started from 1950 or 1930, I think it was. Uh, it's that like golden age of Hollywood. And more you built, unlikely. yeah, you built your sets and you hired your actors, your directors. You it had theme park elements where you had to make toilets, had to make stands, had to make everything like that, make your whole. Yeah, studio look nice, but you got to make your own movies, and you got to see how far they ranked in the charts. You got to win awards for your actors. Bit ahead of its time, then. Yeah, and it was it was very very unique to what it was. I mean, they did release an expansion pack called Stunts and Effects, where you could hire stuntmen, that, yeah. and you could even record your own voiceover and <laughs> match it to the lips of your actor. Did you do a voiceover man voice? I uh, just like found loads of clips. I remember finding clips online and just thinking it to the... Oh. But it's a, it was a good... I mean, a lot of times the scenes began a bit repetitive and you had to put your own spin on it, but you got like change the props. For example, if you had like a serial killer, you could change whatever he had in his hand from an axe to like, I don't know, a rolling pin <laughs> or something like that. But that was really, really good. I've sure got it somewhere, but Hmm, that sounds really fun. I don't agree with that. That's not a job. When you're in that position, you just come up with bad plot lines and then pay everyone else to do the work. Yeah, what's you could, the, you could, it's just you could a revenue script, stream. You could I don't agree. Writers. What's the, men- what's the Being mention? somewhat ironic about that. Mm. What's the mention? I'm said, fine with oh, that. But that's not a job because um, I said so. The last game, which is a job, might not be a legal job. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Hitman. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, it is a job. And it scaringly uh, you gives get... you ideas while you <laughs> 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 He never gets paid to do stuff like that. It always goes bad and he just ends up wandering off. Everyone here should watch what they say. I've played a lot of Hitman and I've overlooked no less than ten opportunities to kill everyone in this room. Ryan. <laughs> no one's mentioned it yet, but the IT crowd. It's the obvious one, it's, that's it's, why It's the yeah. obvious one, but... <sighs> Just a last mention, but it was the fact that, you know, it's all views if you try to turn it on off again, but it's it's still funny how that works most of the time. It does, it's, yeah. It's funny. You know, I've seen quite it a few smart. episodes of that, but I don't know what their job is. <laughs> IT support. Yeah. Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> they keep the internet in the box. You can guess from the name, of course, but I don't. I never actually knew. <laughs> And the clever thing is with that as well, you had the jokes in there that only people that are into IT would get. Yeah. Great screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think that's everything, isn't it? I haven't done my last one. Have you not? No. Oh, sorry, go on then. You've thrown not me anime, please. Now. Is it Sega Bass Fishing? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo Bass Fishing. No. <laughs> is there a Nintendo? No, there isn't. Oh, I know there's a Nintendo, but not a Nintendo Bass Fishing. Is it? Is it? Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a Wii Sports game. Is it fishing? Is it Root Beer Tapper? No. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I can't think. Nor is it Father Ted. Oh, no. Well, it is a job. I Pretty know. That's why too. I said I was. It, it's not Father Ted either. Go on, what was it then? I've forgotten now. <laughs> <laughs> so it is Root Beer Tapper then? <laughs> no, it's not, because you said Root Beer Tapper, and that's in my mind now. So, but it's not that. I mean, I had it as well. Okay, for my one, I am going anime this time. Barakamon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good choice. He's a he's a calligrapher. Calligraphy. Calligraphy. Oh, I thought he was. Te- ah. No, he's a calligrapher. That's his job. It's hey. just basically. So why is he looking after kids? Is he not? He's, not. Like- he's been exiled to the. He's been exiled to that part of Japan and by his dad. Want, and the kids because, won't leave him alone. Yeah, the kids oh, won't okay. leave him alone. He's been exiled there by his dad because he needs to find a place to cool his 
cool as jets because he thought he was the big, uh, you know, the Billy Brass Balls. Yeah, he thought he was Billy Brass Balls in all these calligraphy competitions because everybody was going, oh, great. And then, like, a senior judge, who's an old guy with a walking stick, criticised him and said that he didn't. Re- he was like a machine, didn't really have any soul. So he punched the old guy. Gets sensed to... Well, not even more remote than Okinawa, really, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, it, well, here the yokels probably can't even spell yokel. Um, oh, they're lovely. Are you saying Naru can spell yokel? <laughs> no. Probably not, because it's an English word. You can spell some stuff. No. Uh, it has like it has really adorable kids, and there's some great, there's some amazing humour in this. The bit with the boat, yeah, he, he's, he's nice charged boat. with writing a boat, like a slogan, a new name for a boat, and the guy wants it's kind of like secret Yakuza guy, yeah, <laughs> secret Yakuza dad, and he's got the he's got the buckets of ink. He's like nobody touch anything, right? Because he's got all these he's got all these pieces of what he's doing practices on the pieces of what he's like. Nobody touch anything. Then all he hears from behind him is this laughter. He turns around. Naru, the little girl who keeps who pesters him the most, has like ink all the way up to her forearms, and she's basically smacked her hands against this white boat hole, and this ink won't come off ever. Stupid kid. <laughs> and then the other kids join in. Stupid kids. <laughs> no restraint. <laughs> and so uh, Handa is going nuts because these kids have basically done this. I, the kids, they one of the kids, his greeting to Handa. When he first appears on uh, in that part of Japan, is basically <laughs> two fingers oh, right uh, in the butt. <laughs> funny how the Japanese love doing that. <laughs> no. Now I think about it, I haven't seen that no... trope much outside of Naruto. So no, 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 you will see a lot more because there's now that animation that we were talking about last week on Keyframe. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, the fart one. The the fart. I really that don't talks. know what you're talking about. Were you on Keyframe last week? No, I wasn't. All right. Um, okay. There were, you will hear more about it because there is now a fa- an animation. There's an animation. It's an animated shot, which I think is getting a series, and it's about an anthropomorphized fart, which gives, gives advice to this kid who gets bullied. And the way he summons the fart is there's a guy in his room who's bent over facing the wall. A 90-degree angle. <laughs> yeah, a 90-degree angle. And he, go, he goes up behind the guy. You know, and you know when you're a kid and you take the gun pause like finger that? Go, finger bang, finger gun. The finger gun, <laughs> not the finger bang. The finger gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he takes that and he jabs his fingers into the guy's anus and then this fart comes out and it starts giving him advice. So like, who the hell thought this up? <laughs> I, I wonder like why him. that kid gets bullied then. I can't <laughs> tell. He just goes around sticking his, his fingers in random guys' butts. No, there's no way that's the reason. <laughs> so, yeah. Teachers will love it. <laughs> what was Avis called again? I can't remember the name of it. It'll be meme bait very quickly. <laughs> if you want to know the name of it, just Google Japan anthropomorphic fart anime. Anyway, right. So, that's all we have time for this week. That's it. Finished. Done. <laughs> Uh, we are The Geek Show. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Search for The Geek Show on iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe to our little family of podcasts that are now on iTunes. Cinema Reflector is also on there. Uh, Keyframe is. Two Sweet Wrestlers. So subscribe to them all. Listen to them all. Give us a rating. Give us a review. We'd like that very, very much. On social media, uh, The Geek Show on Facebook. TGS underscore The Geek Show on Twitter. And we're just generally available anywhere. Listen, Mixcloud, Soundclouds, just get involved in whatever way you can. But uh, head over to thegigshow.co.uk. It's the easy way to access pretty much all of this. 
and yes. all of our shows. But uh, until next time, and we'll be talking about something which maybe we'll have no innuendo. It'll be nice. It'll be a start. <laughs> but we can, we can but dream. But uh, I've been Rob. I've been Lewis and Dead. I've been Andy. I've been Ryan. And I've been Rob. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.